This is the Made It in Music Podcast, show 105. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full-time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. And today, we've got a great one. It's Cody Carnes, and he talks about how to find your voice as a worship leader. Now, if you're not a worship leader, this is also going to be very applicable to to you because as a musician or as an artist or a songwriter, producer, really anything in the music business, it's all about finding your unique voice. Now, I think a lot of us have a lot of feeling of maybe pressure around that to find, you know, what is that thing? What's the thing that differentiates us from, you know, everybody else? And Really, it's a lot simpler than most of us realize. And Cody gets into the way that he has found his own voice. And I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of you guys who maybe are struggling with that. So before we jump into the interview, just one last call on the Made It Music podcast contest. Remember, go over to fcmcontest.com and one of you will be winning the grand prize, which is a free copy of the... Drumroll, please. Song Chasers Songwriting Course. A lot of you guys have been following us on social media and you've been watching the progress, but this is the first A to Z songwriting course that we have ever created and put out. And I've got to say, it's been way harder than I ever imagined to create it, but that only means it's going to be way better than I ever imagined in the first place. I really do think that in in our research... Um, you know, looking at what else is out there on the subject of commercial pop songwriting, and this goes across all genres, but just commercial songwriting, there really isn't anything out there like this. And the reason is, is it's really hard to teach, but we've done our best job to put that all together in a digestible format, video format for you. It's entertaining. It's not, you know, boring sitting in front of one camera the whole time. We've got a lot of exercises and interactive demonstrations of how I, you know, approach the commercial songwriting process. So one of you guys in that podcast competition is going to be walking away with a free copy of that. And then the second prize is a one-hour coaching call with myself. Yes, I will help you. I'll hop on the phone with you or meet you in person, whatever works for you. Um, and we will just chat through what's working, what's not working, and what are some issues that you feel like you need to solve in achieving your goals in music. So that's first and second prize. But the great news about this contest is everybody wins something. No matter who enters, everybody automatically wins just by entering a $50 gift card to the Full Circle Music Academy. And you can use that towards any of our stuff, our courses, events, uh, coaching, all of the above. So check that out. It's fcmcontest.com. Instructions are all right there on how to enter. It's really, really simple. Do not miss out. This is the last chance. Memorial Day is our cutoff, and then we'll be announcing the winner. We're going to get into our conversation with Cody, but a huge announcement. Cody has just put out his latest single, Resurrection Blood, to radio everywhere. 
Awesome song. Love it. Check it out on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, wherever you listen to music. So let's just jump into the studio at Full Circle Music in Franklin, Tennessee, where we are sitting with Cody Carnes. So let's just go all the way back to the beginning. Uh, what was your first dollar that you made in music? My first dollar I made, so I grew up in a musical family. My dad was a professional musician for like 25 years leading up to pretty much when I was born. He kind of got out of music and started doing something else. But So I just grew up in that, that kind of environment. And I remember being a kid and um, going out, I would play these gigs with my dad. Like I started out as a drummer and uh, as just kind of a young kid playing drums. And my dad would play like... Uh, gigs on the weekends he did like western swing so like i grew up in texas so like if you know anything about western swing like bob wills and asleep at the wheel and it's just kind of like country swing music it's actually pretty complicated especially uh on like the melodic side the he played bass and bass is super complicated but i just grew up as this kid like as a drummer who just learned a few grooves and the drumming side was super easy you could kind of play any song if you knew like the shuffle and the waltz and like just a straight two four like those are the three things and so i remember like i was i think i was actually six years old which is crazy but i remember uh my dad taught me two songs a song called san antonio rose and then some other song that was like a waltz and uh he pulled me up on stage like during one of his like weekend gigs, you know, he'd, he'd go play like dance halls in Texas and stuff. And where he pulled me up, you know, told the guy he was playing for like, hey, my son like can play San Antonio Rose. And he was like, okay, bring him up. And, see, you know, the, you see this little six-year-old kid walk up and like sit behind the drum kit. And I remember the guy like that was like singing, like looked back at me like super nervous, like this could have happened. And so I just like clicked it off and like went into this like groove, you know, played the groove the whole song. And I remember I made five bucks that night. Like my dad gave me five bucks. He's like, good job, son. Like you're doing well. So you t- know? tell me the name of that again. It's something swing. Uh, Western swing. Western it's like, it's swing. A, it's a Texas style. It's pretty much like the type of uh, music you would hear at a Texas dance hall. So it's Texas dance music. Is that something that you can still do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I know all those songs. Yeah, I've all me- memorized. Like Asleep at the Wheel is the band that's still doing it like super well. Okay. And it's very complex music. Like it's actually... Like chords and harmonies. Yeah, and- yeah. And it, it just very, it's pretty fast. Like the bass line move, like the bass line moves every quarter note. It doesn't oh. stand, it, it just like, it's so it's swing music, you walk. know. Yeah, it's all the walking stuff. And anyway, so I grew up around that. I grew up around country music. I grew up uh, listening to like, commercial country music as well. That's like just what my dad was super into. And so, but yeah, I made my first five bucks, six years old as a as a drummer. <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. It was all downhill, that's right. <laughs> that's yep. amazing. So yeah. six years old, what was the gap between obviously doing that and, and going full time yeah. into it? Well, I think, you know, I think just in that time with my dad and growing up in that family, I really fell in love with music. Um, I started getting involved in church music when I was about 12 or 13. And by that time, I mean, I had taken piano lessons. I started piano lessons at six. So, you know, now I'm, I'm playing drums, I'm playing piano. By the time I'm about 13, I kind of taught myself acoustic just from like all the piano theory I learned. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of like playing in church. Um, 
playing acoustic, playing piano, um, singing. You know, I sang a lot as a kid in church. And then I started leading worship when I was 15 in my youth group. And that was really what kind of like led me into really realizing that, um, you know, that, that I wanted to be a worship leader and a songwriter. And really, because, I mean, that's what I, I am a worship leader. I help people connect to the presence of God through music. And so that's really where I fell in love with it as as a kid in my youth group, you know, leading that. And, and I was in bands in high school. I did, I was in like the whole like, like emo screamo scene you know what i mean like what was your band called uh oh man i had so many bands we had like what was the longest <laughs> band name that you had because all the, those emo bands were like yeah, 12 yeah. Birds in a band uh, yeah a river runs black with the the, yeah. the <laughs> blood of a thousand burning sparrows was like you know that was like a quintessential band name yeah. uh the my longest band name was probably hit the ground running which is what was longest okay. band name um but yeah i mean that was the thing like under oath is my favorite band the, yeah. that, that that whole scene that was what i was super into and it was it was kind of at its peak when i was in like high school early like oh the college years so yeah that was what that was a thing you know but were, i were you the singer for those bands i was the drummer okay. no I, I knew all the double kick i knew all the stuff you know like yeah. i can't really do that now anymore but yeah but yeah that was definitely like the thing that's amazing <laughs> so. what that, that's so crazy because i think when when I think of your voice now, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, you have not such that. a pure, <laughs> just incredible, clean. It's like, man, I, I do not associate you with emo band. Yeah, nope. That definitely, like, I wasn't the singer, you know, yeah. I definitely wasn't. I actually, I actually didn't even really see myself as a singer. You know, I would lead worship in, in youth and stuff, but, but I didn't really see myself as a singer until I really, until I was like maybe early 20s. Um, and I don't know, honestly, what really, I mean, I could think of so many influences probably that like kind of developed my voice. It didn't sound like it does now when I was like in like high school, even like early or like late teens or early 20s. I don't know. I don't know how it really even developed. Talk about that because that's that's I mean, that's a part of every artist sort of on the journey is like finding your yeah. voice. Like how, yeah. how did you find yours? Like what did you work with coaches along the way? Or I didn't really take voice lessons till like recently. Uh, which I really value now. Like I value someone helping me, um, you know, sing well, especially as I'm singing so much. I really want to sing healthy because you, you hear about people like John Mayer and Adele and like all these people that have amazing voices, like go through all this vocal surgery and, and find out they've been singing wrong. So now I value it. But back then, man, I just, I mean, I was super into... I mean, I listened to all kinds of worship artists. Like on the worship side, I probably like back then loved like Jad from Hillsong United. Yeah. I loved Phil Wickham. I loved, uh, I loved like Need to Breathe. Um, I was, you know, massive fan of the Outsiders record when that yeah. hit. Um, I loved soulful stuff. Like I really got into that. Like the, you know, the, um, I don't know, the Gavin DeGraw, the, yeah. uh, the Dave Barnes, even like mm-hmm. kind of smoky, soulful. You know, and now it's like like really like Bon Iver. I even love like it's soulful and like a really cool, well, it's soul, still different soulful, kind of yeah. way. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I just fell in love with like soul music. I started playing bass as well when I was about nineteen twenty, and that really got me into like R and B soul. Like fell in love with just all that kind of stuff, and so that probably like really kind of influenced it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a question I've never really thought about, honestly. But yeah, well, I think it's just helpful to a lot of people because they probably think, well, you've got to work with a voice coach to really help you find that. And it doesn't yeah. sound like 
you just influences like uh ryan tedder like i love his voice i love i love kind of the sweeping like melodical things that he'll do and no i think you know a voice coach can definitely help you um but as far as what you want it to sound like man it's just just listening to a lot of music you know and that's really kind of the source of, I think, a lot of things like in writing and in all kinds of different things. Like just I listen to a lot of different music and I and I really just and then I like I pay attention to what moves me in that kind of music or what moves me in that kind of vocal style. Or I'll just kind of take note of like when something like really grabs a hold of my heart, you know, and I just kind of make a note of like, oh, that's what I want to do. And yeah. I, so once you kind of get like 10 of those things, all these different little pieces, and then you kind of put them together, that's kind of what makes it unique for you. You yeah. know, it's like definitely you have all these influences, um, but when you pull all these colors into like a melting pot, then you get a, like a very unique color, you know, and I think, yeah. you know, that's the way that you do kind of anything, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so can you talk a little bit about the, you know, the business side of what you do? Uh, you know, obviously we've, we've had, you know, CCLI on the show. We've had lots of publishers on the show. We've mm-hmm. had um, panels about it. But can you talk about specifically, like, when you got into whether it was worship leading or writing your own music, how does somebody in your position make a living? And how, how can somebody kind of get started on the road to that? Yeah, Um Man, I can only really just tell my from my story. I mean, I started in church, uh, and I still serve in church. I actually now don't get paid in church, but when I started, um, I did. I was at a church in Dallas, and um, that's just the way they structured it was they paid their musicians for some things. And um, I remember actually moving to Dallas. I grew up in West Texas, about four hours from Dallas, graduated high school, moved I moved there to play in a band with some friends, but it wasn't really making money. It was more just kind of a passion move. And and uh, I didn't go to college. I was supposed to go to college. I had a full-ride scholarship for music um, to this smaller school in Texas. And for whatever reason, like my parents let me just go join this band because they asked right before I started college. Mm. So I joined it. Were wasn't, your parents like on board with that? They were. And, that, and I, I still don't to this day understand why only like... I mean, the the really the spiritual side is like I feel like they just they they heard God say, yeah. "Hey, let him do it." Yeah. And but what's amazing about that is that because I moved to be in that band, that got me to Gateway in Dallas, and I, I just started going to church there because I knew some people that had went there, and you know I loved the church and just started attending. And then at church, you just naturally get involved. You know, you audition for the team and. You get to know people, and and I remember I worked like retail jobs while I was there. I, I did all this kind of stuff, and I remember right when the economy hit, like dropped in two thousand nine, uh, I lost my job with mm. probably like half of the employees just working at a mall, like retail, and and so I remember just like losing my job and being like, well, what do I do now? And I was like playing in church, but I wasn't making money, or I was playing music, wasn't making money, and I remember really just like feeling like this thing of God saying like, Hey, I'm about to launch you into this. Just, Mm. just don't, don't freak out. And it was like crazy how, like, I just started picking things up like around that time and, and, um, really like just playing in church and just, but really, I mean, whatever that is for you, it's like, you know, just, just finding those things where you can, you know, kind of just get started. And for me, it was just playing in church and, and by, you know, after a year of that, like I was making just enough money from that, um, to like pay my bills. And, um, right around that same time is whenever I met Carrie 
and at church, that's where she was. And we just ended up like we led worship together on the team and we just got scheduled together and stuff. And we led some weekend services together. And, and then she asked me to be in her band, like uh, beginning of 2011. And um, that just came from just, I mean, honestly, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. And it was just like me following what I felt like God told me to do, which is just, hey, yeah. I want you to be a, I want you to be a worship leader. I want you to get involved at Gateway. It was really all, the only direction that I had. And so it was just kind of being faithful with what God put in front of me at the time. But man, it just led to like being in her band. She asked me to come on the road with her and really to help her lead, which was so interesting at the time because she's a solo artist. But really, she's always seen herself as a worship leader. And she kind of set me down and was like, hey, I have these conferences and events coming up this year that I'm doing a lot of sessions. or And I really want somebody to help me lead, help me carry these sessions and these conferences. And I feel like you're just the guy for it, you know? And so just kind of led to that. And, um, you know, really, that's kind of one thing led to another. I've met a lot of people through that. And uh, obviously, like, way down the road, we ended up dating, getting married, Um uh, but yeah, you know, and, and, and I remember too, I, I met a friend in Dallas, uh, named Dara who was coming to Nashville and, uh, we ended up like just meeting and playing coffee shop shows together. Like she randomly needed a guitar player. McLean, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, for some random coffee shop show she had, she needed a guitar player and she asked all of her friends around Dallas and, uh, you know, somebody threw my name in the pot. And so I went and like auditioned and. Uh, you know, she's like, great, you're learning these songs, come play this coffee shop with me. And I went and that kind of started building this friendship and to the point where when she was getting like label interest and stuff, you know, she was like, hey, I need a guitar player to come play these showcases with me. Will you just come to Nashville with me? I was like, yeah, sure. So I ended up playing these showcases at a couple different labels in town and then I meet those labels and then I meet those publishing people and it was like, hey, you know, Cody's a writer, Cody's this kind of thing. And so really like, I think the principle that I would say is like, just like be ready when the time comes, be ready when the call comes. And, and I think kind of the worst thing you could do is like really try to force the opportunity. Mm. Like, because I think that in this world, like, like people that are doing it and that are successful, you can kind of really feel when somebody's trying to force an opportunity and it actually makes you kind of be like, Ugh, like it makes you create this distance between that person. Yeah. And, um, but the best thing you could do is when you get the call is to just like kill it yeah. and nail it and just be ready when the time comes. Cause like for that, for that Dara thing, and that seemed so small back then, but really, and for the carry thing, it was like, I never had to force that door open. And it actually gave me like this, like trust and respect in those with those people because they they knew I was never trying to get something from them. Sure. But man, the second that they called and I went to like do the job and 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 play and I mean I was like on top of it. Like yeah. I nailed everything. And so really it's like put the work in behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. put the work in and like really getting good at what you do so that when the door opens up, like you're ready and you kill it. And then you've got like got this like you got respect on both sides because you're like, man, like like you had all this talent and all this like amazing ability but you never you never made sure that I knew it you know you never tried to like make it weird and like you know grab a megaphone and make sure and I feel like that's when the two things come together and now the people that I work with is when I love it when I discover somebody and the whole time they were just sitting on all that talent and at the right time it just I was made aware of it and I think it just supernaturally happens that way and and then when I'm made aware of it I'm like I want to use them on everything because I'm like, man, I love your heart and I love that you have really put the work in and and to be good at what you do. And 
It's yeah. kind of a sweet spot. To piggyback a little bit on your question or on your, your comment about, I love that, get get ready, prepare behind the scenes. Yeah. Do you have any sort of practical tips or ideas that people can be putting into practice as far as like, what what does that mean to to get ready behind the scenes? Yeah. Like what, what kind of stuff were you doing yeah. that set you up for success when you did get those phone calls? You know, I was like, uh, I would find records that I really loved and I would learn, I would just learn songs. I would like, you know, as a worship leader, obviously you're naturally building those abilities because you're, you're having to like learn songs for church and, you know, and I was playing all different instruments. Like I was playing bass and keys and acoustic at church. So I was kind of like exercising all kind of different things. I was even music directing at church, which now I music direct for Carrie. And, you know, so that kind of helped me build that. But man, I just was learning, just learn songs, you know, it's even funny. Like I even had this, like, I had this draw when Carrie released her first record, which was two years before she asked me to be in her band, I had this crazy draw to like learn all the songs. Hmm. And I, and you know, I mean, I believe in God, so I, I would tell yeah. you that that's what that is. Yeah. But I had this like crazy just draw. Like I remember having the CD in my car and it was the only CD that I left in my car. Hmm. And I would just listen to it all the time. And I learned all the harmony part. I mean, I had literally no reason to do that except wow. that I was just drawn to it. And what was crazy about that is when the time came to audition, you know, I remember being in the audition room and they gave me the stuff to prepare. And it was so- a couple carry songs, but it was also like a couple like random other songs that they just wanted to see how you played them. And and so I remember when it came time to audition, like I played those songs and then they were like, do you know anything else? And I remember going like, hey, I could honestly play any song off of this record. Like just throw something wow. at me. And I didn't, I didn't obviously plan that. It just happened. And I remember yeah. them throwing a couple songs at me and I've like played them on acoustic and like nailed the parts and all this kind of stuff. And so I don't know. I mean, like learn those, just learn whatever your, whatever your instrument is, like just learn them, like learn those songs, whatever record you're drawn to. Not, not that you'll ever maybe play with that band, but maybe it's preparing you for a certain style or a certain band that you will play with or a certain type of music that you will write, you know, who knows? I love that. That's, that's a great story. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I'm sure she knows that by now, right? Yeah. (laughs) She may not. I don't know. I actually don't even know if she knows that. Yeah. But that's, that's incredible. So we'll jump into our full circle five, some rapid fire questions. First one is what book or record do you most commonly recommend? Oh man, that's so hard. Especially the record. I, I, what a book that I've read recently that I really loved is the Song Machine. Max I don't know if you, Martin. I don't know if you have that. Yeah. Yes, it's the whole, uh, yeah, the whole Max Martin, uh, Doctor Luke kind of story. Really, just a story about like pop music, and just kind of how it blew up. And it's funny. The book, the title is a little misleading because it sounds like it's like how to write songs. And it's really just, it's just the stories of like how these massive pop songs are written, which is just so inspiring because I think what it, what it shows me is that there's really no, like even the formula mm-hmm. and there's really just no like one way that like a massive, very popular song is written, which to me is encouraging because, sure. you know, you can kind of just discover them in all sorts of ways. And so it's just the stories about all that stuff, the Britney Spears, the Backstreet Boys, the Rihanna, the, you know, the, the these massive, the Katy Perry, just how those songs and those kind of really movements were like created. So yeah, yeah, read that one. It's good. fun. Good. You're, you're definitely not the first person who's brought that one up. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. So second question, failure can be actually a great thing and it's only mm-hmm. a great thing if it changes the way that you behave or changes your perspective yeah. or gives you some ideas on something. Yeah. That in mind, do you have a favorite failure moment? 
I'm racking my brain trying to find like this epic failure moment. And I, I think what my what my mind automatically goes to, I don't think I have like one of those. I'm sure I do, but I just can't think of it. But what my brain goes is like, I think that like, I've failed in, in the ways where I've tried to kind of like spread myself too thin. And I've tried to like, I've tried to master too many things. Mm. And recently I've been like discovering, you know, really kind of like recognize what you're good at and find a few things. Like it doesn't even have to just be one thing, but find like a couple, like two or three things that you really feel like you're your best at and just focus on those things. Mm. And I think, you know, I, I grew up in a musical family. Like I said, I grew up learning a lot of instruments. I grew up, you know, really kind of feeling like I could do a lot of things. Um, and there are sometimes I feel like that's a strength and there are sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of a weakness because I try to just like master so many things that, you know, you kind of can become mediocre at all of them instead of like really good at some, yeah. you know? And so, uh, uh, you know, hone in on maybe if that's, it may, that may not speak to everybody, but like if it, if it is you, if you're trying to like, if you're trying to learn how to like engineer and you're trying to learn how to produce and you're trying to learn how to do this, and but you're really just good at like writing a song and you're really even inside that just good at like writing lyrics, you know, like really kind of figure that out. And you, I think you have more value in the business side of this. If, if someone knows in their mind, like, oh yeah, like Cody's really good at that. Like I, I need somebody that's good at that. I'm going to like call him or I'm going to bring him in yeah. and find those things. And so, so I've definitely failed trying to be trying to be a good electric player. Mm. Terrible at it. Mm. You know, I can play acoustic all day and I can play a few different instruments, but I've tried. I don't know, you know, man. We were just writing a song in there and you were like <laughs> shredding in here doing no, some no. guitar you know? leads. And it's awesome. So, you know, I think there's value in just knowing what you're good at and like really just being as good as you can at that yeah. those couple of things. That's awesome. So, so uh, next question. Before you made the leap to go full time into music. Was there anything that was kind of holding you back that you can pinpoint? I mean, fear will hold you back, absolutely, because it's music is such an unknown. The music business is so unknown. You know, and it's, man, I think to speak to that, I, I can only speak from a spiritual side, honestly. It's like every kind of step of my way has really just been like asking God, okay, what's my next step? And just and then just being like very obedient to just do that and and God works that way I think like God doesn't always give you like the full like ten step blueprint you know what I mean and He'll give you the vision and you can see the horizon but but then to accomplish it it's like what's just the next thing and so man fear can can really try to creep in and um, and there's all kind of walls that you'll hit but you really just have to like stick to what's right in front of you you know stick to like this thing that's right in front of you and be really faithful with like where you're at right now because being faithful to where you are now always leads to the next, always leads to the next like open door, always leads to the next place. And um, so I really like, uh, I can find myself trying to get a, get too, too ahead of myself and really trying to get three or four steps down the road before I've really like accomplished a thing right in front of me, mm. you know? And so I think that that's the way to kind of overcome that fear and really kind of overcome like those walls is just to stick to where you are now until you feel that door open up and then step through it, you know? That's good. So since you've stepped through some of those doors, what is something that's working for you right now? I mean, I, I would say that that right now it's it's being faithful to where I'm at right now. It's like it's walking into a writing session and being prepared. You know, it's like it's like really doing some due diligence to like 
like practice and like work on what I'm doing and really kind of what I was saying earlier, just being as best as I can about like where I'm at right now and putting the work in before I like step into the room or putting the work in on my own time, which that's the hardest thing to do. It's hard, it's hard to have the discipline to like put the work in when you don't even feel like you know, it's not, it's not not being asked of me yet. I'm not being asked to write a song yeah. yet. I'm not being asked to learn this yet. I'm not, you know, and, but that's like such the like good time. And that's the thing I think I'm challenging myself the most is that whenever I step into the room, I already want to be kind of there. And like when I step into the room to write, I already want to have an idea or I already want to just have something to bring to the table, you know, I guess. And, and I'm still learning that, but I feel like right now, like that is working. Like, I feel like when I am stepping into certain situations, like, there are a lot more wins than losses and yeah. maybe that's why. Yeah, you know? it's good. So last question of the Full Circle Five. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you possessed all the relationships and knowledge and experience that you currently have, but your your whole business, this whole thing just disappeared <laughs> and you had to start from square one and yeah. anything, where would you start? I think my, uh, my interests would go to movies, honestly. I'm a, I love movies. I just I love the creativity in movies. I love how someone because you know as, as songwriters we tell a story, and as movie as movie writers and movie creators you tell a story. And so I think there's such a relationship between the two, and it's inspiring to watch someone else tell a story in a certain way. And and so I think that I would just go into that. You know, I man, it's like bucket list for me to be on a movie set just for a day mm. and just see like a massive like blockbuster being made just for a day. You know, I think I would love that and. So I think I would probably try to get into that maybe like with somehow. with any particular director? Um, Christopher Nolan. Okay. He's my favorite. There you go. Yeah. Someone in that kind of realm would be yeah. awesome. Well, if you could inception your way into yeah. his dreams and then, yeah. Perfect. That's awesome. So, so where can people find you? Socials, I'm assuming? Socials, yeah. Instagram is my favorite. That's where you'll see the most kind of activity from me and on a personal level, especially touring and family and whatever's going on in the music world with us. Uh, but I'm on everything. Twitter and Facebook, uh, just at Cody Carnes for everything. Mm. So find me wherever you like to find people. I love it. I love it. So, well, Cody, thank you so much yeah. for being on. I'm excited about you and Carrie's new single. Thank you. Again, cover the earth for yeah. our people who are watching. Yeah. So, uh, thanks, man. Thank you. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been with us on the Made It in Music podcast, presented by the Full Circle Music Company, with editing help from Jordan Salamoni. Thank you so much for tuning in to every one of our episodes. Leaving us those ratings and reviews on iTunes is a humongous help. And if you're listening on Spotify, of course, hitting that share button. Our podcast is now on, I don't know how many, but probably dozens, upwards of upwards of a dozen platforms now. And that's exciting. So wherever you listen, um, we appreciate if you tell a friend about it. Again, last call podcast contest fcmcontest.com grand prize song chasers songwriting course second prize a one-hour coaching call with myself and everybody wins a 50 dollars full circle music academy gift card coming up next episode on the made it in music podcast we are Maggie Reed, otherwise known as Ruel, you have probably heard her. She was the number one most synced 
artists on film and TV last year, and her songs have been everywhere. So if you have any interest in writing music for film and television, then this one is a must listen. We'll see you on the next episode.